Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. We're going to take our scriptural reading from Genesis chapter 2, verse number 8. Then we will read verse number 15 as well. Praise the Lord. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there... He put the man whom he had formed. Verse number 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Tell somebody to dress it and to keep it. Right. I'm speaking to you about the first duty of loyalty. Part two. The scripture we just read in verse number eight talks about. Two key things God created or formed. One of them is seen as the planting of the Lord, which was the garden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. The garden of Eden here is a type of the church, which is... The perfect church in the sight of God. So the church, like the garden, is the planting of the Lord. God planted a garden eastward. It could have been west, it could have been north, it could have been south, but he decided that his planting should be east. So the location of a church is a divine operation. That God has planted a church in this community, in this city, in this nation, in this continent. Is by the sovereign power and will of God. Praise the Lord. That's why this church is where you and I can fellowship. And where the Lord planted a garden, he had a plan. That the garden should be occupied by his most treasurable asset at the time, man. Of all the creation, man was the most important of all to God. So God planted a garden and put in the man. So if the garden is the church and you are the man God created, the garden was planted and God put the man in, it simply tells us that Being part of a church is not a natural decision. Being part of a church is by divine direction. It's by divine instruction. And it's by divine placement. Because the man that was created and formed was put into the church. God put him there. He said, hey, be here. 
And God put him into the garden because he knew that the garden had been designed to support the fruitfulness of the man. It was in the garden that God said, be fruitful and multiply. So the blessing God blessed man, I mean the foremost blessing, he blessed man in Genesis 1.28. He said, and God blessed man and said, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth, subdue it, I mean, in the sea, in the air, and on the land. It had to happen in the land. Our dominion on earth is will be jeopardized if we find ourselves in a place that is not ordained and appointed by God for us. So, it is difficult for a man to operate in a church... That God has not ordained for him. That's why we call this place our ordained garden. We call our church our ordained garden. Our appointed place. That somebody may have invited you to church. A crusade we did may have invited you to church. A program, a campaign, some outing we went may have brought you to church. But today God wanted to know that it is he who has planted you here. And this morning, if you are here to listen to this message, please don't take it for granted. Because you could have been in a thousand and one places, but God chose to bring you here to listen to this message because he has an assignment for you to do in this garden. Is God talking to somebody here? I mean, you could have been in any other place, but God wants you to hear this message because your next level is built on this. That this is the ordained garden God has chosen to plant you in. Very important. And when man was planted in the garden, God said initially everything in the garden was prepared. The provision was set before you came here. But once you land in the garden, I want you to work it out. That's what I'm talking about. The first duty of loyalty. That man was not placed in the garden for angels to work in the garden. Man was placed in the garden to dress it and to keep it. That tells you that work preceded the fall of man. Dress it, keep it. Before man fell, God had already instructed man to work. A lot of people think that work is as a result of the fall. But this is before the fall. And God is already telling man that if you don't work, the reproduction will be difficult. Because every fruit God created, he put a seed in it for reproduction, for new life. And he told man that... The new life, after the initial capital I gave you, the new life is your own doing. Dress it, keep it. What you don't dress, you don't get to keep. So God has brought us here together in the church and there is a duty he expects us to do. And God wants us to do it with loyalty. Everywhere is not your place. <laughs> God knows that man cannot function on the sea. Can't function in the air. That's why he put man on the earth. And here on earth, everywhere will not support your growth. 
there are specific places that have been appointed and ordained by God to support your growth. Hey. That is why not every church is your church. That's why you hear somebody who say that I was born into Catholic and you can't take me out because they have loyalty to Catholic. Praise the Lord. They have loyalty to Catholic. We should come to that point where you say that God gave birth to me in the keeper's house and no matter how beautiful Ben Hinn's church is, I'm not going there. Because I have been planted in my ordained garden and in my ordained garden, I will stay. The fish cannot function on the tree because the fish is not a bed. So God has created you, wired you to function properly in the keeper's house. And that's why your first duty here must be done in loyalty. Now, before I even proceed in this line, let me tell you that there are implications for the locations you find yourself in. In Micah chapter 2 verse 10, Katiza Brakila Malados Kalete Sevred. Speak in the spirit right now. Meleko Shatala Lalaza, Koriza Vredos, Jacala Farosa, Kitala Maranda. I want all of us to read. Run, one, two, let's go now. Arise ye and depart. For this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. So there are implications for the locations you find yourself. And some places are seen to be polluted places. And God's instruction is that leave, arise and depart from a place God has not ordained for you. Why? Because the place has been polluted and because of that it cannot give you rest. So when you plant yourself in a place that is not ordained by God for you, you become fill in the blank. That's what you become. Your life become as polluted as the place. Your rest is taken away from you. And he says that you will be destroyed with a sore destruction. And God is talking to you today because he is just trying to instruct you that, look, your next level is by a planting in this house. That's why you cannot be doing free entry, free exit. If God has planted you here, you have to stay. A tree does not move. There is no walking tree. A tree must be planted. And when you are planted, you stay. Praise the Lord. When the earth quakes, you either get swallowed or you stand. <laughs> a tree cannot run like a bed. And the child of God is not a bed. The child of God is a planting of the Lord. Is God talking to somebody here at all? Now look at somebody and tell the person that there are implications for the location. The, the scripture is saying that if you stay in the wrong location, it will end up in destruction. That is to say that your blessings or distractions are also tied to your spiritual place. Yeah. That's why even naturally, when people leave like Ghana to America, and America is not their ordained place, they go and suffer, even though many people prosper in America. The same. 
I believe that God has planted me in Ghana, at least for now. Hey. And from here, we'll reach the rest of the world. Say, me too. But some people, no matter what you do, it has to be America. If God has sent you there, you will prosper. But if he has not sent you there, you are on your own. It is when Adam left the garden that he saw that there is a temperature outside the garden, different from the garden. Everywhere is not the same. Everywhere is not blessed for you. This is my ordained garden. Can I hear somebody talking about it now? Talk to the person bounded by your left and right. This is your ordained garden. God is calling you to this house. Stay here. And be loyal. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey. It's powerful. People who stayed have been blessed. Something has changed in everybody's life. Because God ordered you to this east side of the Eden. As your ordained garden. God told prophet Elijah that I want you to move away from the brook chariot and go to Zarephath. I have commanded a woman there to sustain you. That was to say that the location God, the location he was finding himself in had become a polluted place that could not support his next level. And so God said, your next level is not here. Move from here. That's the scripture we read. It said, depart. Because the blessings I have commanded is not in this polluted place. It's in the ordained appointed place. And that is where your appointed helper. I mean there, when you even get there and there is farming. A miracle of continuous abundance will flow for you. Because it's an ordained place. If you are here, clap your hands unto the Lord. So Adam, dress it and keep it. Every child of God who locates his or her appointed place must do that with loyalty. And the first duty of loyalty is to beautify the garden God has ordained for you. Tell somebody is to beautify the garden with your life. And your giftings. Praise the Lord. So that's the first duty. God owns the garden. And Adam has to beautify the garden. Our gift must beautify. Our heavenly father here on earth. So God has created you and I. Our first loyalty is to God. And whatever we do must beautify God. That's why the Bible says, let your light so shine unto men. That they will see your good works and they will give glory to who? Is it the glory? Is it to you? It's to who? Yeah, so we beautify the Father here on earth with our loyalty, with our giftings. God has put things in us. And when we express them with loyalty... In the work of God. People see how great and beautiful and wonderful God is. Number two. In the garden. God expects. That our gifts. Should beautify the ministry. Of our pastor. Your life and giftings. 
must beautify the ministry of who? Your pastor. Talk. Preach with me. Am I preaching? Am I preaching or I'm singing? I want to know what I'm doing. What am I doing here? Am I doing high jump? I want to know what I'm doing. Your person, your potentials, your giftings must be aligned in the spirit of loyalty to beautify the ministry of your pastor in the church. That's why if you are in the church, you cannot have an independent mind. You cannot be passive. You cannot be political. (laughs) You cannot be a rebel. In the church, you must have loyalty. You must have what? Loyalty. Loyalty. In business, if you have a business partner, you must be loyal. Another word for loyalty is faithfulness. Anybody in business with you who is not loyal is a thief waiting to steal from you. And it's better for a pastor not to have members at all than to have Judas's only in his quarters. Any church full of Judas's is going nowhere. And even though the church will be affected, the Judas's today will commit suicide. So this loyalty is equal to suicide. Destiny, suicide. And it's important that if you are a child of God, there are things you need to understand because you can easily break your neck without knowing. And God wants you to beautify the ministry of your pastor because God's work is done by his men. So if you set out to beautify your father in heaven, one of the ways to practically do it is to be loyal to his men on ground, which are the pastors. And not every pastor is your pastor. Your pastor has been chosen for you by God. Is God talking to somebody here? Look at Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 23. Give me 23 verse 4. One of them says, I'll choose for you. Very powerful. Jeremiah. He said, and I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. So, shepherds are set over you. Tell somebody you don't choose. It is God who sets a shepherd over you. Like me, God has set me over you as your pastor. You might be educated more than me, but he set me over you. It's a divine calling. You might be more married than I am. But God has set me over you. I'm preaching. Am I preaching? Is this our church? You might be older than me. Yes. But he has set me over you. Do you know that in Israel, priests lived and died. And older people who were there sat there when God set younger priests over them. Including kings. Some were as young as 12 years. And, and lesser. Because when it comes to kingship and priesthood, it is not by the election of men. It's by the election of God. Praise the Lord. So when you hear somebody talking and say that, even pastor, I'm not, am I not older than you? Look, leave it. Leave it. Tell somebody, leave it. 
Even in the last days, when God said he's pouring out his spirit, the first people who were going to be recipient were the young men and the young women. Old people are always at the back burner of what God wants to do. Because they are just for a short-term investment, not for a long-term investment. Hey, pastor, what are you saying? (laughs) If you are 70 years now, how long can you work for the Lord? God would rather anoint somebody who is 20 years and spend in the account of that anointing for another 70. I'm preaching on. Why, if you look in that pecking order, you see that the old men they are dreaming dreams and they are the last batch. God is talking about. Hey, am I preaching? If you are here, you have to be encouraging young people around you that look, when we missed it, you don't miss it like we missed it. Encourage your children, encourage them to be loyal. Is it powerful? I want to find, is this our church? (laughs) Very powerful. So, your loyalty starts from dressing the garden. Making the garden beautiful. Now, as we are here, everywhere is very beautiful. The ministry is beautiful numerically. It has to be beautiful spiritually. In spiritual maturity, we all must grow and get to that level. And it is beautiful. When you step out there, people see you. The way you talk, they must ask you, are you from the keeper's house? Yes. There must be some semblance of the garden with you. Wherever you go. When a footballer is from Catholic and he's being changed into the game, you know that. You see that? This one is a Catholic. <laughs> it's in the blood. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If I was a footballer and they were substituting for me to come in, when I'm just going, I wouldn't do this. I would say, Madakalibados. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I belong to the move. People don't believe that members in a church must be loyal to their pastors. Because people are natural thinkers. But the way men think is different from the way God thinks. God wants everyone in the garden to be loyal to God, to be loyal to your pastor, and to be loyal to the church. Be, Be married to God, your pastor, and the church. Married is a marital covenant. Marital commitment. Not, not an employee, employer kind of relationship. You, you do this, I pay you, so when you have a better deal somewhere, you just leave and go. Or when you see a man of God more anointed, it looks like he's more anointed than your pastor. Like, there are a lot of people who look like they are taller than your biological father. And you have still not changed your father. And your father will not grow taller again. But he's still your father. Even if his nose is not nice, you have not changed your surname. Because an ugly man can give birth to a nice lady. I've seen it before. 
Some of you, the deformity you have in your body, your children never carried it. Is God talking to somebody here? So sometimes when you see, look, Apostle Paul is believed that he had an eye condition. But he was praying for dead people to rise. His own healing was in the hand of God. God chose not to heal him. Is it your problem? You were his responsibility. And he was God's responsibility. And if God chose not to touch him, that's God's own matter. His own was to shepherd the people and ensure that, he said, I came to spend and to be spent. He was there to be spent. And the grace that was upon him, he made sure that he came in full and left fully downloaded and empty. So sometimes your pastor can have issues. But God has still anointed him to be a blessing unto you. He can even have an accident and that accident can be a blessing unto you. Yes. Like if your pastor loses the marriage or the job. Assuming he's a lay pastor, he went somewhere. Or he was into business and he lost it. That loss can be the greatest asset of your life. Yes. Because he going into that pit, he can show you how to avoid that pit. That's why you don't look at the scar of your father and mock at him like harm. You carry a curse. God wants you to be loyal to your pastors. Praise the Lord. It's just someone who doesn't know how God works who will be thinking that, okay, now that I'm better than my pastor. No, you can't be better than your pastor. It's not possible. It's powerful. I want to point out something to you. If you are in a church like the keeper's house where we dwell on the word of God, the principles of God, the way your gifts practically, I mean, for some of you who think that my loyalty is to God and I owe man nothing, Watch this. When you say your loyalty and ministration is to God, the way your gifts practically beautify the heavenly father is by ministering to his manservant here on earth. Because no one at any time has seen God before. But God has sent his men and put them in positions to do the work he God himself wants to do here on earth. So, Jesus said, he that received you has received me. And he that rejected you has rejected me. It's God talking to somebody now. So, I'm just telling you that it takes God to reveal unto you that receiving the man of God is receiving God. Serving the man of God is serving God. Obeying the man of God is obeying God. Except that man of God has deviated from the cause of Christ, which is possible. Yes. When the Bible says test all spirit so that you can, you now, like the way you have pregnancy testing kit, you can test. Oh, what, what do you think? <laughs> you can test and know that this one, he's just shouting, keke. God left a long time ago. So when you say I'm ministering unto God, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So in that equation, the botox you see is Paul's botox. 
You don't see God's buttocks. No. So you follow the right buttocks. You have to follow the man God has chosen for you. As he follows God. It's very clear. Very clear. Somebody must use you well, well. For you to reach certain level. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, say, I mean, I don't follow anybody. Stay on the shelf. You will never become the artistic masterpiece of any great person, any great man, and this great God, if you choose that, me, no, I'm unusable. At least let's use you and then one side of the chalotin will be torn. Then you qualify to be part of that masterpiece. Yes. Because in that art, I don't see any fresh chalote there. Yes. Yes. When we send you and you go and you lose your purse, yeah, then you qualify to be in that thing. Then tomorrow we'll hang you in Kempriski. The reason why you are going to no palace of life is that you have not been on the road. <laughs> Jesus told them, he said, follow me, I will make you. The reason why you have never been made, though. <laughs> there are things in you. Who thought that the chalote will ever be part of that picture? Who thought? But when you follow, whatever God has planted in you, you see, your destiny evolves. Your destiny is discovered as you follow the errands of your father. Yes. Joseph, go and talk to your brothers in Dothan and find out how they are doing there. When he got there, they caught him and sold him. He became a prime minister. He was on an errand. David, watch the sheep at the back side of the wilderness. From there, they deployed him to the battleground. He was on an errand. And then he became a giant killer. King Saul, the son of Kish. His father's animals were missing. He was on an error. He didn't say there are servants in Timidium. He said, oh, the servant will go by me. I am more a servant than the servant. So I will go. When they went out, they didn't find. And he said, okay. Should we go? If the servant said, no, I hear there's a prophet there. We can go and see him. When they went, the prophet said, oh, the animals, they have been found though. The errand you were running there, it was just for, it was a setup for God to make you become the record setter, the first king in Israel. So we just use the errands to bring you into the net, to be anointed. I'm telling you that if you will not be loyal, you will never be anointed into anything. Oh, but I see the anointing coming upon you. I see the anointing coming upon you. Yes. You can't be in this church and you are doing nothing. You will even find out that if you exercise, your beauty becomes sharper. Two of us. So if you have nothing exercising your loyalty on, some things cover things. Oh. You'll be healthier if you exercise. 
It's a revelation. You see, your giftings must beautify your pastor. The ministry of your pastor. No two ways. It's not to be doing yeah yeah in town. It's to beautify God and the ministry of your pastor. Let me just try and bring this thing to an end. That's why I told you that the, the way your gifts practically beautify the father is by ministering to your pastor. Second Timothy 1, 16 to 18. Watch this. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. He said, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus. There is a nice name. He said, God should give mercy to that house. Why? For he oft or often refreshed me. What is the word there? What did he do? And was not ashamed of my chain. (laughs) Some sons and daughters are afraid of the chains of their pastor. He refreshed me. Let's do 17 and 18. Watch this. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. What did he do? He sought me out. You don't let your father be chasing, your pastor be chasing. No. It is Onesiphorus who sought out Paul diligently. Is a, I think he went to school. Do you understand diligently? He didn't look for it casually. Nominally. He really went seeking after him. Diligently. And if I tell you to follow me, diligent, follow hard. Like Ruth and Naomi. You think that it's human worship. But I'm telling you that there are blessings in seeking after your pastor diligently in loyalty. Yes. If you are, if you are clapping, it's free. It's free. If you are a wife here, you should seek diligently after your husband. And if you are a husband here, don't follow the wrong bottles. Diligently. Because naturally, we know that men have followed wrong bottles and they have lost the investment they made in the last 10 years. Yes. A wife will be thinking about life policy. Educational policy for the kids. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I think God is talking to a man here. You are busily depleting the account. Because of a Jezebel. It is a window of seduction. May God deliver you today in Jesus name. So I sought after my pastor diligently. If the podcast is there, I seek after him. Yes. yes. <laughs> Audio Rema, I'm seeking. Saturday, I'm listening. If he has a book, I'm seeking. If he's around, I'm seeking. You seek after your pastor. He said, and when you are around him, Paul said, Onesiphorus, he refreshed me. That is, when I feel depleted, when I feel tired, sons and daughters who are loyal, they are the, the fuel station I go to recharge. That's about disloyal people. Can you imagine Jesus trying to refuel on Judas? 
That is why Judas was not one of the three he took as his caucus, inner circle. No, it had to be Peter, James, and John. And I love the next verse, 18. Watch it. The Lord grant unto him (laughs) that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus. Thou knowest very well. Your loyalty must be visible. So that your blessings of mercy in that day will also be unquestionable. Even the devil knows that if you have been loyal, you deserve to be blessed. So dress your pastor's ministry with your loyalty. Refresh. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody, be loyal. loyal. Say, the first duty of your loyalty is to dress God, dress pastor, dress the church. Say, beautify God's work, beautify pastor, beautify your church. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the Testimony Word Broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 177 831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.